Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hi! Welcome back to the Forced to Punt podcast. I am Steven Serta, as always, joined by my guy Dusty Likens. Hey, Don. What are you sipping on? Some, some scotch? Uh, no, I'm sipping on Cedar Ridge. It is a uh, single barrel bourbon whiskey made from uh, the great state of Iowa. Nice. I'm not drinking tonight. I think this is the first podcast since we've been recording these remotely that I'm not drinking. Heard keeping the streak alive. I'm just, I'm tired, man. Are we uh, getting good numbers on this thing, or what's the deal here? Yeah, it's not bad. It's been pretty solid. Okay. I mean, As if you would have said, like, oh, yeah, it's been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been pretty solid. Um, sure, it would be better if we did that more often, but it's kind of tough right now, so. That's fair. But... I mean, that's that's not really on me or you. It would be a lot easier if we didn't have to do these things remote right now. But it's a uh, product of circumstance, and we're making the best of it, just as you guys are. And I still think that we're churning out good podcasts when we do them. I believe that. But since Steve is tired, I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to waste any time. I don't want to uh, tap dance around this thing. So we've talked about. And we talked about quarterbacks on the last episode. We've talked about rookie running backs pretty in-depth. So this is going to be the overall running back episode where we just kind of look at some guys. Uh, I mean, we'll go through the top guys really quick, but they they are who they are. And so we're going to uh, kind of jump around to some of, the, uh, some of the other ones. Yeah. Like, I feel like the outlier ones you don't really need to talk about. Like, we, we get that. They're good. Like, you, you're going to you, – Christian McCaffrey's going to be the first overall pick. People are still high on Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you don't really need to worry about those guys. They're going to be God in the first, like, four picks. So, you know who to pick in the top five. It's, yeah. it's other guys so, that we're interested in. I know your guy, Christian McCaffrey, he's your lock number one without a doubt, correct? 100, 100%. No, no questions asked. Because I think I would talk myself into Saquon Barkley. Yeah, well, you tried to tell me that last year, and you didn't win your league, and I did. (laughs) 
Uh, well, I mean, I came pretty close. Uh, you still had a very, yeah. very good team. That's true. But no, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, I, I don't have any problems with you taking him number one overall. It's just that the numbers would say that he's not going to go back to back as the number one scoring player in fantasy or the number one running back. And it's, you know, Priest Holmes is the last person that did it in like 2003. And so LT never did it. I don't believe so. I think he came really close. I think Priest Holmes was the last person that did it. It's, so it's been that long. It's just he's getting insane volume, and you expect the volume to keep up with him. And like He's obviously not going to lose volume, but to assume that he's going to get that type of work every single year. Like I think that he's still going to be a top three player at the position, top three player overall probably. Because yeah. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater's depth of target is pretty shallow, and he's going to throw to Christian McCaffrey a lot, and so that's going to that's going to be huge on top of the rushing ability, obviously. But and he's like the best of both worlds too, because he's going to get the feeds early in the game, and then if they're down in the end of the game, they're trying to play catch up. He's going to yeah. be you know targeted thirteen times well, in the fourth quarter, and it's just why I think that I could talk myself into Taquan over him is not. Uh, it's not an indictment on Christian McCaffrey. He's obviously, right. uh, you know, the most talented running back playing right now. Uh, but it's new system. They add Robbie Anderson. They add Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel are expected to take big steps. DJ Moore should be the number one wide receiver on that team. Ian Thomas, I think, mm-hmm. is a talented sleeper tight end that people should be targeting in drafts. Like, I like the Panthers' offense a lot. I just think that there's more mouths to feed now, and, and they're spending money on Robbie Anderson, so they're they're going to try to get him involved. Otherwise, what did you go spend that money for? It's mm-hmm. He's going to have plenty of volume. He's still going to be a top-three player at his position, but the reason I like Saquon Barkley, I think, and I, and I could talk myself into it, one is because of the repeat number-one running back thing, but also Saquon... While I despise Dave Gettleman, I think the Giants are actually moving in a decent direction right now. Like I, I, I don't hate Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator, and I think all that does is help Saquon Barkley in the long term. They invested heavily in the offensive line in the draft because their offensive line was garbage last year, which probably lent to him getting injured early in the season because they couldn't. They there was just no blocking. There was no protection up front. Uh, it's part of the reason yeah. Daniel Jones fumbled the football so much. Like he was god awful at fumbling the football, but part of that is because their offensive line was just terrible. And so, if you think Daniel Jones is going to take a step, you think the offensive line is going to be significantly better. And Saquon Barkley, who's arguably the most physically gifted running back in the NFL, if he stays healthy and you get a full, you know, fifteen games out of him, sixteen games out of him, like why wouldn't you assume that that guy could be the number one running back in the NFL? Like he's got 1800 rushing yard potential in my opinion. Yeah. And he's another guy that in the same category of McCaffrey is like early in the game, he's going to get numbers. If they're down in the game, he's going to get numbers because there's not anybody on that team. that's really taken away the number one wide receiver spot that like is going to steal all of the targets. Yeah. I mean, they've and got, like, Shepard and Golden yeah. Tate. I lo- I like Darius Slayton a lot. I know you like Darius Slayton. Like I, th- I, I, I would if I were to draft any Giants pass catcher, it would be Darius Slayton. And I would hope 
that he takes that step forward, and he's obviously uh, a favorite target of Daniel Jones. And if Evan Ingram ever actually stays healthy, yeah. we know we know that he's a really talented tight end. Like there's there, there's serviceable weapons on that offense. That I think all of that's going to help Saquon Barkley. And so I think that if I had the number one pick in my fantasy draft, I think I would take Saquon even over the sure thing in Christian McCaffrey. You're, you're high. Uh, the other thing, too, is that, like, not to segue into the other running back, but I would assume that, like, you saw how Garrett used Zeke Elliott. You got to yeah. assume a lot of that's going to be used over in New York. And to segue into Zeke Elliott, it makes me think, and I know that you, you're kind of wanting to have this conversation, is this the year where it starts to kind of trickle away with Zeke, or is he still in baller status, like top three, top five well, pick? I mean, he should still be a lock top five pick, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree. I just, it's a nervous top five. It's sure, but it was last year. I had him in more than one league last year, and he was holding out. And we didn't know if he was going to play. And I, I took him in right. multiple leagues because he dropped all the way to like seven or eight because people were afraid to take him. And I was like, he's yeah, gonna, he's going to play. They're going to Jerry. Jerry pays his dudes. He's gonna he's gonna figure out a way to make this work, and he did. And Zeke was still very good. It was granted. If you look at Ezekiel Elliott's numbers, his numbers have gone down every single year since his rookie season. He's but his just, rookie season was great. Yeah, well, in in every every season he's had as a professional has been great. I, I think his sophomore season his numbers were a little down because uh, he was banged up, and that was kind of a bad year for the team. But other than that, like his, his numbers have just been rock solid every season. Like he's just been super reliable, and so he might not be. Uh, you know, he might not carry the upside of Saquon or Christian McCaffrey or even like a like a Alvin Kamara who's looking to bounce back this season and get back into that like top three, top four category. Mm-hmm. But Ezekiel Elliott's still going to be one of the safest running backs off of the board. And I'm interested to see that Dallas offense should could possibly contend with the Chiefs to be the best offense in the NFL. It should. On on paper, Shit, yeah. on paper it should. And, yeah. you know, with Mike McCarthy calling the shots and uh, what's his face? Kellen Moore from Boise. There you go. Their offensive yeah. coordinator. Everybody says that he's a great young offensive coordinator. And last year, everybody assumed he was being handcuffed by Jason Garrett. And the Cowboys offense was still really good last year. And they added C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Like, there, there, I suppose there is reason to be worried about Tony Pollard, who is obviously a really talented player and everybody loves Tony Pollard and thinks that, and there's, there's people jumping on the Tony Pollard is better than Ezekiel Elliott train, uh, (laughs) which is fine. If you want to go that route in the draft, cool. I'm not going to, because the fact of the matter is Jerry doesn't just, doesn't just burn that much money on investments and then and then not get them paid back. So Ezekiel Elliott's still going to be a workhorse back. It's not like it's not like he's gonna yeah. all of a sudden only get fifteen touches a game and Tony Pollard's getting twelve touches a game. Like, it's just not gonna right. happen. No, 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 no. No, I, I don't know, man. I just I think that this is like that year with Zeke because running backs are like uh, I don't know, running backs have that four year window and this is what, year four with Zeke? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why I'm, like, a little nervous. But, I mean, again, I mean, I think you hit all the nails oh. on the top of the head with a hammer. Like, it's it's one of those things where, like, in fantasy football, until it is over, until it is no longer a thing, which it never will not be unless football goes away, running backs, if you have a top five pick, you have to hit on a running back selection because they can carry a team into a championship. They just That's just the way it is. It's the way you look at it. 
a couple of years ago with David Johnson. You look at it with Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Those guys are the kind of guys that you have to hit on. You have to pick and see it's on that borderline where it's like, is he still going to get me the average of 20 points a game? Uh, and so really after those three, where I would say, you know, it's really the top two and then Zeke is just your safe play. Ze- Zeke is like, peak Marshawn Lynch where he had like a five-year run where you knew you were just going to get like 1,300 yards and like eight touchdowns guaranteed like that, that that's what I think yeah. Zeke is like like he's just right he's just super safe you know what you're going to get from him now outside of that you then you get into the guys like Derrick Henry Dalvin Cook Alvin Kamara Joe Mixon Nick Chubb Josh Jacobs like, I think Derrick Henry would probably be the next guy in line just because you know Derrick Henry is going to get all of the volume and he's on the franchise tag. So, I mean, it's it's in Tennessee's interest to just feed him this season and cut ties with him after the year and let somebody else go pay him a bunch of money. 100%. And they have Ryan Tannehill who's back, and now the tape's out of Tannehill and that Tennessee offense, and they know that Brable likes to be that ground-and-pound type of guy. So the numbers ain't going anywhere yeah. with D.H., and so, okay, so after that, out of, out of these guys, who do you like mm-hmm. the most? Because I think these guys are, are are kind of interchangeable. Not well, not interchangeable for me, but I think that you could make the case that they're all interchangeable. In Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, I think the the sexiest pick out of all of those is Kamara because I think Kamara was just like banged up last year. I think he really wanted to play. I think he's still a young cat, so I think he really tried to want to like. He wanted to play football like a bunch of, you know, the kids want to do. They want to play. They don't want to be hurt. They're, you know, they're immortal in their mind. And I think he just had aggravating injuries. And I think this is a year where, like, he's had time off. He's he's collaborated with himself. Like, he's good to go. I like Alvin Kamara a lot this year. He, I don't know if he gets back to, like, two years ago where it was, what, like 13 touchdowns and, like, almost, I mean, yeah. just absolutely shredded everybody. I don't know if he gets back to that because that was such a great year. But I like Alvin Kamara. I also, a name that you didn't mention, on a bounce back years, like I kind of am interested to in see what James Conner does. Yeah, and we can we can get to him a little later. He's he's a little down my rankings. Dalvin I Cook, don't, I don't like. I don't like Dalvin um, Cook because of the whole like shit that fired off this week about how he was like, pay me or uh, I'm not gonna play. So, so that's a little nerve wracking. I was just gonna mention that because he's saying he's not going to show up for anything until he gets a new contract now. And he is a free agent after the season because it's crazy that Dalvin Cook's already headed into year four uh, because right. his rookie season, really good, tore his ACL. Year two, yep. when he was on the field, he was really good, but I think he had a hamstring injury that he was that bothered him all season and he missed a bunch of games. Last year was the first season that he was healthy, but then he's getting like an RB1 workload and... You know, down the stretch in the in the fantasy playoffs, he's missing games or sharing the workload because he was all banged up and had had injuries that he was fighting through. So, like Dalvin, yeah, because what? Did... Go ahead. I, I I love Dalvin Cook. Like Dalvin Cook is Jamal Charles esque. Like if he just mm. stayed on the field for a hundred percent of the time and he could stay healthy and you could get a full sixteen, seventeen games out of him or whatever then he he would be the number one running back in fantasy football like like he's he's that explosive he he's he's that he's that dynamic of a running back i just he has done nothing to prove it like cuz at least with jamal like jamal started suffering injuries later on in his career but early on like and it probably helped that jamal early on in his career was 
you know, behind Larry Johnson and, and not getting a, t- a ton of carries. But then, you know, once he hit his peak, he was the number one running back in the offense, and he, and he wasn't sharing time with anybody barring injury. And yeah, the the part of the problem with that too is, and Dalvin Cook, if you know, if he continues this, and and we know for sure he's holding out. Come your fantasy draft, he's going to drop quite a bit, and Alexander Madison's going to shoot up. And Alexander Madison is is a talented running back who was productive when he got opportunities last year. I don't think Alexander yeah, I, Madison's better than Dalvin Cook, but he's still a really good running back. I know Dalvin Cook is super talented, and I do see a lot of similarities with Jamal Charles. I think there was a game last year towards like, God, I don't know if it was like midseason where he just started breaking around and just like cracking fools left and right, making people miss, and then just hitting that open space. But it was kind of worrisome towards the end of the year, especially when they played the Chiefs. I think he had like an obscure amount of yards. I think he had like, what do you have like? Less than a hundred or something like that. Like right, that was like when the Chiefs turned yeah. it around against rushing. Oh, uh, that was rushing defense. So that was the game after, or two games I think after Mahomes got injured and Matt Moore yeah, was, was the starter and Matt Moore yeah. played well and they actually beat the Vikings and yeah and they shut down Dalvin Cook and that was when Dalvin Cook was like at his peak last season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was when he was. That was when Dalvin Cook was like, oh, he might challenge Christian McCaffrey is is the top running back and that he kind of yeah petered off petered no. off yeah is that is that the actual term i don't know it's just what i said i feel like i've heard somebody say that before i don't know that's the first time in my 32 off, years of life i've ever heard uh, somebody say i think somebody said petered off before i don't think that's that weird okay um, okay so if it if it's those guys like I would be a lot more excited about taking Alvin Kamara over Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. Oh, God, yeah. Derrick Henry's going to be good, I I would assume. Uh, But Alvin Kamara is just... He's frustrating good, though. Like, Derrick Henry's frustrating good because, like, he'll draft you. Oh, he got seven points. Yeah, he led the NFL in rushing yards last season, but it was, like, the back half of the season. Because he had 900 in the last four games. Yeah, because he didn't have... I, I think he ran for 100 yards, like, only like once or something before Ryan Tannehill took over as the quarterback. Um, yes. So I, Derrick Henry is a guy that I've avoided the last several years anyways, because I, I, I'm always worried about him. Now it feels like he should be the, if he's ever a lock for anything, it feels like it should be this season, but I just think Alvin Kamara set up the saints have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL added Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas. They drafted the, uh, you know, one of the highest rated tight ends in the NFL draft. Um, they play I, dome. I don't know if anybody's going to be protecting Drew Brees, but uh, hopefully that means good things for Alvin oh Kamara. Uh, Are you I saying just, Drew Brees is going to get a lookout? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just think that Alvin Kamara is set to blow up, and so yes, so so I I would be more excited to take Alvin Kamara than Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. Um, but then once you get to like Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs. That's where it starts to get a little hairy for me. Like I know Josh Jacobs is a really, really talented running back, and I know he's going to be a workhorse type of player for Oakland. I just have zero faith in Oakland at all. I would rather take Joe Mixon or Nick Chubb, in my opinion, over Josh Jacobs. See, I disagree because I think Gruden's so old-school football that Jacobs is going to get the numbers no matter what. They're going to pound the rock. They're going to continue to run, and they're going to learn how to get him involved in the passing game. Like I would take Jacobs over... I would take him over – yeah, I'd take him over uh, the cat from uh, Cincinnati for sure. Um, well, see, I would take Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon's a workhorse. 
he's going to get, you know, 25 touches a game. Like, like you just know what you're getting in Joe Mixon. He looked really good uh, once they started feeding him last year. The bit, their big problem early on in the season was they just weren't giving him the ball enough. Once they started feeding him, he looked really, really good last season. And, rookie quarterback this year and rookie quarterback. He's gonna get he's gonna get fed while they try to bring Burrow along. And I like that offense. AJ Green, John Ross, Tyler Boyd. Like the, the, there's reason T Higgins. How's that look? I, I just I just like. Um, it wasn't good last year, but they they spent high draft picks on the offensive line in last year's draft, and I believe they they spent a couple of picks in this year's draft, and they might have went out. They might have signed somebody too, but they they tried to beef up the offensive line. Part of it was injuries last season, so I think their offensive line is going to be better. It might not be like a lead or anything, but as long as it's serviceable, it, it it should put them in a better situation than last season. Like I I just think Cincinnati's offense has a chance to to be. Pretty solid. I'm not saying it's gonna it's gonna challenge some of these other offenses in the NFL, but their pieces are are really nice, and I like Joe Mixon a lot. Um, yeah, I just don't I just don't trust Gruden. I don't trust the Raiders. I know everybody. A lot of people think the Raiders are are doing big things. Like I would take the Chargers or the Broncos over what the Raiders are doing right now. I, I just don't trust their vision. I don't trust Derek Carr as their quarterback. I like Josh Jacobs. I think he's a really talented player, and maybe I'm going to be dead wrong about this, and he's going to be a top-five running back. I just don't trust that scheme, the offense, the play calling. I just don't trust anything about the Raiders. I, I avoid Raiders pretty much in all of my fantasy drafts. And Nick Chubb is an incredible player, and he was out of that, you know, what we thought was going to be a high-powered Cleveland Browns offense last year that was wildly disappointing to everybody. Nick Chubb yeah. was the one elite fantasy player. Like, if Nick Chubb was the only Brown that you got last year, you were thrilled about it because Odell Beckham was a letdown, Jarvis Landry was a letdown, David Njoku was a letdown, Baker Mayfield was a letdown. But Nick Chubb was awesome. The problem is when Kareem Hunt came back, Nick Chubb's fantasy points dropped pretty dramatically because Kareem Hunt was splitting carries with him. And it's not, it's not like he was... Nick Chubb was still getting all of the goal line work. He was... Still getting most of the carries, Kareem Hunt was just being heavily involved in the passing game, and so when they were inside the ten yard line, inside the five yard line, Nick Chubb was still getting all of that stuff, but his goal line percentage was horrendous. Like when they were inside the five yard line, Nick Chubb was just not getting in the end zone, and you would expect that that would change this season because right. one, their offensive line's better. They signed Jack Conklin. Um, they, they, they've, they've put a lot of money into that side of the ball and they're, and they, they look like they're primed and ready to, to actually take a step if Baker officially takes a step for them. And when they got Freddie shittens out of there too. Yeah. And so I really like Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt does worry me. So if it's, he's on a contract here too, isn't he? Yes. And so if it's, if it's, you know, take. Nick Chubb in the second round or take Kareem Hunt in the yeah. sixth. Ugh. I mean, I think, you could, I think you could talk me into Kareem Hunt and Kareem Hunt's probably going a little bit later. I'm trying to look up his average draft position right now. Um, I would say it was probably like ninth. Yeah. He, he seems like a, he's going like fourth round right now. 
which is high, which is high. Yeah. But I would rather, I think I would rather reach on the value for Kareem Hunt there. And, and instead of taking Nick Chubb just because I'm scared of it. And it's frustrating because Nick Chubb is a really, really good player. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's a horse, man. He's gonna, he, he gets better when the game gets longer and he gets, he's a goal line. He's a nose for a goal line kind of guy too. Okay. So then the next tier guys, we've got Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler. So out of those four guys, Aaron Jones, you know, he had an insane amount of touchdowns. He was he had these just massive, massive like boom games last year, but then he would have games yeah. where he did absolutely nothing. Kenyon Drake, when he went to Arizona, blew up, had probably won some people some fantasy championships with like a four touchdown game late in the season. Um Miles Sanders Second-year player, supposed to take a step, and Austin Eckler's got the backfield to himself now. So out of those four guys, who are you targeting? Without a doubt, it's Austin Eckler. Three reasons why um, that offense is going to struggle. The Chargers are going to be a a disaster of a team this year. I truly believe that. They are in full-on rebuild. I think that they are a team that could tank. Um, And I think that Austin Eckler is just one of those guys It's like, in love with football. I think he's just one of those like gridiron, you know, gurus that just loves to get out there and play football. And again, he's one of those guys that does everything. Like he's pass catcher, he's runner. And now he's finally been set free. The only thing that is, I guess a lame duck thing to say, the only thing that would stop Austin Eckler is just an injury. Like you nailed it with Aaron Jones. Like, I just think that he's too boomer bust for me. But again, if we're taking, if we're taking these guys in like the fourth, fifth, sixth round type type rain if that's where they're going third or fourth fifth round i think i'd go austin eckler than aaron jones i just really like austin eckler just because of what he did last year knowing that the job wasn't his but playing like it was and now the job is his so i think that he's still got a little bit more room in his in his tiny little simulated season that we've seen now i i love austin eckler and i think he's a really talented player what scares me is that he was Really, really effective in the passing game, and that's that's where they need him to be effective at. I just don't know what their offense is legitimately going to look like with Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback, or even if it's Justin Herbert. Because like Keenan Allen oh. and Mike Williams are good players. Hunter Henry's a good player. I don't think any of those guys are truly elite players. Like I, like Keenan Allen, uh, once upon a time, we could have talked He's about him down. being an elite guy, but now he's just kind of, he's just kind of like a PPR guy. Like I know last season through the first three weeks, he was a highest scoring wide receiver in fantasy football, but that, mm-hmm. that, that was just the first three weeks. And then after that, he, he dropped pretty dramatically. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just, I, I worry about that offense as a whole with Austin Eckler. He, he's obviously, he's not going to have anybody who's really going to challenge him. So he's going to be heavily involved. Um, I just, I worry about what it's going to look like because I don't trust that they have elite, elite playmakers. But their defense is really, really good, and so that could set them up in good situations. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm in, I'm avoiding Aaron Jones because they still have Jamal Williams. They drafted another running back. They didn't draft any wide receivers, so I, I guess they're just going to keep taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands and just run with a three-running back committee for whatever reason. Uh, which sucks because Aaron Jones is really, really talented, and we and we got to see a flash of it last year. Um, Kenyon Drake, 
I like Kenyon Drake. If I can get Kenyon Drake in the right spot, I'd be pretty happy with it. I've never been a huge Kenyon Drake fan. Part of that was just, you know, he was just on some really, really bad teams in Miami. We we saw him finally flourish last year for the Arizona Cardinals, and I think their offense is going to take a big step this year. They got a bunch uh-huh. of young wide receivers. They still have Larry Fitzgerald. They have DeAndre Hopkins. I think Kyler Murray's going to take a big step. Like Kenyon Drake, I I want pieces of the Arizona Cardinals offense this year because because i i I do think they've got potential to put up points so i i'd be happy i'm not i'm not going to reach on Kenyon drake but if i can get Kenyon drake in the right spot i think i'd be thrilled about that and i love miles sanders i i i love doug peterson too but i also hate him because he refuses to commit to a running back when miles sanders is clearly the most talented one on the roster yeah and you know they're they're still they, they still have like five running backs on the team and he's still acting like they're going to go full committee. And it took Jordan Howard getting hurt last year for Miles Sanders to finally get a full workload and be super effective. But Miles Sanders, if he gets, you know, if he gets a vast majority of the snaps next season, he has like Christian McCaffrey light upside, like not, not full blown CMC, Christ. but like, <laughs> that type of player like he's that good of a pass catcher and he's that explosive when he gets into the open field like i I think that he still has a little ways to go to get to that level but i think he could be like light cmc yeah comparable not the same obviously but like and there's a couple glimpse of that last year in a couple games that we have so next few guys are kind of this is where this is the point of the draft where if these are all the guys on the board, I'm going to start going wide receiver. That, that's a, like after the first couple of rounds, once I start targeting my, my high-end wide receivers with upside, is when we get into the Todd Gurley's, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, James Conner. Like all of those guys, they're all guys, like I'd be fine having Mark Ingram on my team. But... Because you know, you know they're going to run a lot. The the Ravens are going to be the most run heavy team in the NFL. They're, you know, that them and the Forty ers are the two best rushing teams in the in the league, and that that's not going to change this season. Uh, but Ingram, they did draft Dobbins. They still have Justice mm-hmm. Hill. They still have Gus Edwards. Like if Ingram gets hurt and Dobbins looks like a legitimate number one. Like that, that that's gonna that's gonna put a damper on his fantasy value. And he was a nice, and Mark Ingram was a nice surprise last year. Like I, I don't think anybody yeah. expected that he was gonna have the type of season that he did. And and people didn't think that Lamar Jackson was going to win MVP. But now we know. And I'd still expect Ingram to be solid, but there's just so many mouths to feed there. And like with James Conner, I think James Conner is a great running back. Uh, but James Conner has proven that he just can't withstand a full season, and so I'm not. Conf- yeah, that's fair. I'm not. I'm not confident taking that guy there when I know I'm not going to get a majority of the games out of him. Like Mel- Melvin Gordon is interesting, but like Mel- Melvin Gordon's numbers have been going down every year. Um, mm-hmm. He's still a fairly young guy, but. And I like Denver's offense, so like obviously I would want him in Denver's offense, but I I just don't. He he's not a guy. I there's there's wide receivers on the board that I would rather take over Melvin Gordon, and like 
Leonard Fournette, at least you know he's going to get 25 touches a game. So I, I would rather take Leonard Fournette over Melvin Gordon. I'm okay with that. Because like, Leonard Fournette's – well, no, they got they got a couple guys in that offense. But the thing is, is that like Melvin Gordon's handcuffed, right, with Philip Lindsay. Plus you also kind of think about it too. Like they're going to let Drew sling it this year. And, and we'll with him slinging it – that with him slinging it and with him being handcuffed, uh, yeah, I think I think Melvin Gordon definitely is lower on the totem pole um, than than the other guys you mentioned. Um, and so Chris Carson, who I hate know, Chris Carson. I mean, I think Chris Carson's kind of underrated. I have have avoided him the last couple of years. He's been really solid. Has a huge issue with fumbling the football, but. Correct. The, the Seahawks just keep bringing in more running backs. And so yeah. they're, they're just like pleading for someone to take the job away from him. And I'm not saying he's going to lose the job, but I, I mean, I, I just don't understand why they won't just let Russell Wilson throw the ball 30 times a game. Like, or just let ProSize be the guy. I mean, he's, he's never healthy. He's such a stud. He was such a stud his senior year in college, man. I mean, CJ Prosize has had like two good NFL games because they don't let him run the ball, and they should let him run the ball because, because he's hurt Chris Carson who always the, fumbles. He's hurt all the time. How? What's the most? Everybody's game, hurt for Seattle. What's the most game CJ Prosize has ever played in a season? I don't know. I four, bet it's like I bet it's like four or five. He's been in the league like three years. Give him a break. He's been in the league longer than that. It's been at least four years. That's what I just said. He's been in the league like four years. Now I have to. Now I have to look it up. He's good. He played really well. As he's twenty six years old already. Yeah, he's fine already. Christ, he's got four more years left. The prime running back estate. Thirties, the magic. He's number. probably like the fourth running back on their team. Yeah, he's headed what, into what, he's headed into year five. Correct, but he's got fresh legs because he never plays. <laughs> What, did they sign him on a one-year deal? There's no way he was a first-round pick. He didn't have a fifth-year option. Did they just bring him back? Oh, yeah. They love him, just like I do, if he would get a chance. <laughs> yeah. CJ Procise played in his – oh, he did play in nine games last year. He only had twenty. Hey, hey. He only had 23 carries for 72 yards. But how many touchdowns did he have? Zero. One. God. Maybe he's more of a receiving he's guy. Got, he's got two career touchdowns. He did That's have, there good. was one season he had like, I think it was his rookie year. He had like a, like an 80 yard receiving touchdown or something. Yeah. You should look up one of his games in his college career. He had like a punt return, a kick return and like a 90 yard running uh, touchdown. But again, this is pro football, not college football. Um, so, would you take, would you take Damian Williams over Tad Gurley? No. I, mean, I feel like we I both would take hate Clyde I feel like Edwards Hilaire over Todd Gurley. I wouldn't take Damian Williams. That wasn't the question. Of course we do that. I think we both agree that we hate Todd Gurley this year. Like we want nothing to do with Todd Gurley. Is that correct? Um like with COVID being on a new team, new playbook, no like No, I you know, mean like, I think that he's in a good situation in Atlanta. I still think Atlanta's offense is going to be good. I just don't I don't feel like he's going to hold up at all. Like his, 
his like in-depth numbers, like he still wound up with a decent fantasy season last year. Like he was just frustrating because he would have weeks where he'd do absolutely nothing, but it wound up being like okay. Like I think he was still like the running back twelve or something like that. So he's still like a starting running back. But his his yards like after contact have dropped dramatically over the last couple of years. And so that's what's really concerning for me because that's a guy like that's how you make plays like, you know, dodging tackles and breaking tackles and stuff like that. Those are the guys that can do that consistently are the guys that really make plays. So if he can't do that, I mean, it's going to take giant holes in the Atlanta offensive line for him to break off long runs and stuff like that. Like, I, I just don't know if yeah. he's got the explosiveness anymore. And so that scares me about Gurley. Like I would, I would rather take David Johnson than Todd Gurley. I think even though David Johnson, David Johnson was actually like, if you look at it, everybody keeps, you know, giving him a bad rap. I think when he was healthy last year, David Johnson was good. Like he, he was being productive in that offense. And then he just had like five different injuries that he was dealing with all at the same time. And now he struggled to stay healthy, but, the Texans, the way they run the football, like Carlos Hyde had a thousand yards for them last season. Like if David Johnson mm-hmm. stays healthy, David Johnson could be a, a sneaky good fantasy option this season. Yeah, and I think that like I think part of the reason people hate on David Johnson is because his idiot head coach um, gave up so much for David Johnson at such a such a late age in his career. Plus, I think a lot of thing that happens with like fantasy people is they get biased. They like think a guy's gonna do good, then he like doesn't do good, and so then they're like, "Oh, well, he's trash. He's not gonna do it ever again." So it's kind of kind of an unfair bias towards David Johnson. But again, it's one of those like prove it till you do it till you prove it. You know what I mean? So taking a look at another David, Chicago Bears running back David Montgomery. Would you rather take David Montgomery, Le'Veon Bell, or Raheem Mostert? Man, is uh is is Breda still? He's still with the Niners, right? No, they no. tra they traded him. No, yeah, 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 he's gone. Uh, but they still have shoot, uh, man. Yeah, I know. They, they still have Jarek McKinnon and Jeff Wilson. Man, I don't want anything to do. With, I'm done with Le'Veon Bell. Like I'm so like he doesn't even like come into my thought process when it comes to drafting players in the fantasy world. Um, I don't want anything. It's nothing against him. I don't mind Le'Veon Bell. I just, I'm done worrying about that. Um, Somebody still took Le'Veon Bell in the first round of a draft I was in last year, but I, he was projected as like yeah. a second round pick. And so it's no, not that it. crazy, but yeah, he's, yeah. he's fallen off quite a bit. I guess to answer your question, I'd probably go Raheem Mostert. I think he kind of just like picked up the number one spot last year towards the end of the season. I actually had him on my team on my bench for most of the part of the second half. And he actually like, started a few games, but I mean, San Francisco, man, they're going to run, man. They're going to run yeah. that type of offense where they're just going to run swing plays mm-hmm. and draw. They're going to try to get, because their quarterback doesn't have a strong arm. So that's what it's going to be like Alex Smith. That's what that offense is going to look like. Well, and San Francisco still has Tevin Coleman too. I don't think I said his name. Uh, no, but that's fine. But I think it's Mozart's number one spot. But, yeah. But see, I think it's going to be a lot like it was last season. Like at the start of the year, it was, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida and then Coleman got hurt and then Mostert came in and then it was, and then Breida got hurt and Coleman came back and it, and they were just changing it up. Like you you want, you want San Francisco running backs. Like I think Mm -hmm. Jeff Wilson, Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert are all guys that you could probably wind up with on your roster. 
because yeah. you know they're all going to get carries in some capacity. If one of those guys goes down, like the 49ers are going to run the football a lot, and they're really, really good at it. It doesn't matter who's back there. They're just good at, at running the football. And so Ooh. I want a 49ers running back on my team. I just don't know if I want to invest the big-time draft capital that it's going to take to have Raheem Mostert on my team because I don't know how much value he gives me above Tevin Coleman or Jeff Wilson. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if the I, touchdown numbers are there with the way they run shit in the red zone, especially in San Francisco. Yeah, and so and like Le'Veon Bell, yeah, he's going to be a workhorse, but I don't, I don't want any part of the Jets offense. Like I, I avoid mm-hmm. Jets players. I, I don't like Adam Gase. I don't think he's a good coach. I don't, I don't like his offensive system. Um, so I would take David Montgomery over, over those three players because. Dave Montgomery's still a really young player. I know he was everybody thought he was going to be, you know, the number one rookie running back last year. He had a really disappointing rookie season. Uh-huh. But he's still a workhorse running back. And he was a guy that got all of the goal line work. And I would even go as far as to say that I think David Montgomery is being under underdrafted. Cause he's gonna be a workhorse guy. So if it's between him and Le'Veon Bell, I think I'm taking David Montgomery right now because I, I think that he could have a really nice bounce back year for the Bears. And if he winds up with 10 touchdowns, I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. And let's be fair, last year was a terrible year for like the Bears in general. It wasn't like a good year for anybody for the Bears. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey did okay. But I mean, it was just a, it was a dumpster fire of a year for the Bears. And I think, I, I like David Montgomery, but I still think I lean towards Moser more than I would towards David Montgomery. Yeah. And so, okay, so now before we get out of here, uh, this Uh last group of guys is kind of, you know, they're they're secondary guys that you're not quite sure going to be starters because of guys that were drafted behind them or guys that have been added. Uh, But, you know, like Kareem Hunt, we already talked about him. He's a guy that Uh absolutely needs to be rostered. He, if anything happens to Nick Chubb, obviously Kareem Hunt, has potential to be a top five running back. Like he's, he's that mm-hmm. talented and we, we've seen it with him before. Um, but so, you know, Detroit, you've got carry on Johnson and Deandre Swift. Stay just, away from Detroit running backs. I mean, yeah, I think you just take Deandre Swift just because you're taking him for the upside and carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson just hasn't been good in his NFL. He career. sucks. And he, he just, he just has not been good. And before he got injured last season, he was not good. Like I would take the upside of DeAndre Swift over Carry on Johnson, but then if mm-hmm. we're talking about guys like, you know, like we think Tampa Bay's offense is going to be really, really good, right? Like I mean, maybe mm-hmm. not. You know, Tom's old or whatever. I still think Tom's got enough in the tank to sling it here and there, and hit those wide receivers and Gronk and OJ. It'll Howard. be consistent. I think is a it's, better word. So, so, but you know, they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn who right now is going mm-hmm. ahead of Ronald Jones. I actually think that I'm I'm going to let people overdraft Keyshawn Vaughn, and I'm going to try to get Ronald Jones in a lot of leagues. Take the veteran? Well, because he's headed into year three. So Ronald Jones yeah. is, you know, when he came out of USC, he was looked at as, like, a super explosive, like, game-breaking running back. And now his, his rookie mm-hmm. year was a pretty big disappointment. Last season, he showed... Serious signs of improvement. He added a lot of muscle, and he's he he added a lot of size, and so he's a lot bigger. And you could see it when he got the playing time last year. Like he was, mm-hmm. he he was running through guys. Um, 
but he had some issues with Bruce Arians, and so he wasn't getting a ton of playing time. They were playing Peyton Barber a lot, and Peyton Barber was just god awful. Um, I I think that he's I think Ronald Jones is a is a talented player who just hasn't been given the opportunity yet, and and Bruce Arians yeah. isn't going to be able to you know kind of do what he did last season where he's got full authority on everything because Tom Brady's going to be like put the best guys in the game like. We got a short window. I'm trying to win. And so I think Ronald Jones could be that right now. And so I think that I'm going to, because I can get Ronald Jones at better value than I can get Keyshawn Vaughn. So I think that he's a guy that I'm going to target in a bunch of leagues and just hope it kind of falls that way. Because another thing that hurt the Bucks last season is, you know, James throwing 30 interceptions. And them being behind constantly, so Jameis was thrown 45 times a game. Their defense is going to yeah. be better this year, and even if their defense wasn't better, Tom Brady doesn't turn the football over. So, no. so there's going to be more opportunities to run in Tampa Bay than there were last year. And so mm-hmm. I, I actually really like Ronald Jones. I'm okay with Jones. I think that like Brady's always been able to get running backs involved in the offense, and plus with Tommy B, that arm isn't the same that it used to be. So, I mean, there's going to be some checkdowns more often. And I think that Tom Brady's going to be calling more plays than people think with Bruce, who's, you know, kind of cut from that same, like, Andy Reid type of of tree where he's the, you know, he's the guru. He's the guy that kind of gets how things go and, you know, controls one thing and how much you leave to your quarterback. But then again, he's got the greatest quarterback to ever play the football game. So, I like Ronald Jones. I like him a lot, actually. Are you taking Jonathan Taylor or Marlon Mack? Jonathan Taylor's going ahead of Marlon Mack right now, and I'm not convinced that he should be. Man. God, I don't know, man. Like Phil's I, in that offense I, with Marlon Mack, which kind of scares well, me. I think Jonathan Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor long term is is the better running back. The problem with both yeah. of them the problem with both of them is that Phil likes to throw to his running backs a lot. And Marlon Mack yeah. and Jonathan Taylor are both not particularly good receiving backs. And so one of yeah. them is going to take carry like like Marlon Mack, I would assume, is going to lose carries next season to mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. But to think that Marlon Mack just isn't going to be in the mix at all, I I think is misguided because Marlon Mack was really good last season. Like Marlon Mack's a good well, running t- back. Yeah. And like they still have Neheim Hines, who's going to be their pass catching back. Like Frank Reich has already said that. And so mm-hmm. So if he if Hines is going to be in in third down situations, you're looking at first and second down split between both of them. So, I mean, long story short, they're both running behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, and they've got a good coach and they, they've got a good system. And I think that they're going to be a much better team. So I'd be fine with having either one of them on my roster, but I'm not targeting either of them highly. I think they're interesting because I think Marlon Mack's the guy that's going to get a lot of heavy carries early. Bless you. Um, unless it was a cough. It was a cough. Okay. What's your temperature? We're, that's where we're at in this world. I'm fine. I just um, need water because we've been talking for 30 straight minutes. That's why you need whiskey. Um, no, but I think like when it comes to this type of setback, I think this is one of those things where you want to try to maybe avoid it all possible unless you're just like heavily stacked at receiver and quarterback. You don't really have to worry about running back, which is kind of an interesting oxymoron when it comes to fantasy football. But I think early in the year, you're going to see a lot of Marlon Mack. I think towards the end of the year, you're going to see more Jonathan Taylor. Um, but again, we remember Marlon Mack got hurt towards the end of last year. and really kind of fell off towards the end of that uh, season last year. And he broke his hand. It's not his I fault. understand that. But he, again, he, he was got really, injured. Really good. And, but he got injured. 
That was what we were talking about earlier in this podcast, the guys that get injured. Marlon Mack got injured. All right, last one really quick before we get out of here. Darius Geis. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with him. So whoever you say next. Or Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. Tenfolds. Yeah, but they drafted Zach Moss, and everybody thinks Zach Moss is gonna is gonna take carries away from Devin Singletary. Yeah, but to take a same from you right. earlier, Darius Geis has petered off the last two years. I mean, he has two, he has two broken legs uh, or ACLs, three just maybe. Ne- he's just never stayed healthy. But if he could no. stay healthy, he's a number one running back. I know you're asking Look, I love, for a I love, lot, I love, but I love he's LSU a number guys. one I, running back. If he stays healthy. Trust me, I like LSU guys. Right. Darius Geis is in Nunaflow. I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 pick. Washington's going to be a bad football team. But he, oh, could get tw- he could get 20 touches a game. Sure. But will he do anything productive with those carries? And how long will he be on the field? If you want to talk about guys who've never played football games? Go look at how many games Darius Geis has played this season once you log off this Zoom meeting. Four. Yeah, but he's also younger than CJ Procise. Uh, he's Dusty Likens. I'm Steven Serta. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Forced to Punt podcast. Check us out on the 435 Podcast Network. Uh, We'll be back very soon to talk some more fantasy football. I'm going to kiss you when I see you next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.